In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents He's in the Afternoon Tea with host Sammy Sage. Is that what you're saying? Please proceed, Governor. Presented by the Betches Sub Podcast. You better hope there's a lot of girls listening to this with the volume turned down. Your weekly dose of political therapy. Cardi, that's what I've been doing my whole life. And now, with this week's guest. Well, there were three of us in this marriage, so it was a bit crowded. Your host, Sammy Sage. Welcome to today's episode of Afternoon Tea, your companion to the morning announcements and weekly political therapy session brought to you by The Betches Sup. Today's guest is Corey Ray, activist, model, speaker, writer, and the world's first openly transgender woman to win the title of prom queen. Corey is here to tell us about her journey of transitioning in high school and being elected prom queen to living stealth in college and later her experience of going viral in a good way when she did come out with her story five years later. With that, let's get the tea from Corey. Welcome, Corey. I am so happy to have you. It's so nice to meet you. Likewise. Thanks for having me. Yeah. How are you doing? Happy Pride. Oh, thank you. Happy Pride. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm good, thanks. So technically, we are recording just before Pride, but we are releasing this during Pride Month. So I definitely you know, wanted to start there. Um And what I'm going to be asking guests all throughout this month is to tell us all about, just to kick everything off, like your favorite pride that you've had so far. Okay, great uh, question. My favorite pride, I would definitely say, was actually the pride before the pandemic. So I suppose two years ago at this point. Um, it was just a great day. I was doing a bunch of like, I did an Instagram takeover for LA pride with my friend, Jeff Perla. And we, you know, we got up oh, on stage with a couple of that. Oh, you do know Jeff Perla? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> he's, come to, uh, he's been at like some of our Betches parties in the past. Oh, that's so yeah. funny. Okay, oh, for so our Jeff election is- day. He was, oh. we spent election day 2018 together. That was it. Very yeah. interesting. Okay. So I actually met Jeff Perla also in 2018. Um, and he comes to LA Pride. He's like, let's do Instagram takeover. We ended up like getting on stage with all the acts and it was just a great time. And it was really nice. And it was actually one of the first prides that I had sat down with two women of transgender experience and really had been able to connect about like dating and certain aspects that I hadn't really been able to connect with other trans women about before. So it was one of, it was definitely one of my favorite prides and I had a great day. The weather was perfect. The vibes were good. So yeah, I met Laverne Cox there. That that was the first time I met Laverne. Um, So yeah, it was a good pride. Very good pride. That sounds amazing. And I'm hoping that this year can only top that. We'll have to see about yeah. that one. <laughs> I mean, post-pandemic pride, like, I think it, it, it could definitely be a good one. I agree. So, Corey, you have an amazing story, and I don't even want to try to do it justice by, like, I guess I'm just going to kind of leave it open-ended. Can you kind of tell lis- the listeners who may not be familiar with you your story and, you know, in all its glory? 
So I am a woman of transgender experience. I say that because I don't like to um, label myself as trans first. I think that's quite othering and still ostracizes the community when we say trans this, trans that, like trans actress, trans model. Um, and I believe that of trans experience, if you hear me say that of trans experience for me feels the most inclusive. Um, but yeah, I have always expressed my femininity from a very young age. At the age of two, I asked my mom for Barbies and a Cinderella dress, and she just gave me what I wanted. She allowed her children, me and my brother, to kind of do as we please and played with what we please. My brother totally played with Cabbage Patch dolls and painted his nails, and he grew into a cisgender heterosexual male. I grew up to be transgender, and that femininity never went away. The playing with Barbies and dress up and all of that. And I really felt that I was the only person in the entire world who felt the way I did. I couldn't understand why people really perceived me as a boy or treated me as a boy or wanted me to do more masculine things when I felt feminine and was attracted to these feminine uh, objects or activities or friends. And I grew up in California, but when I was in the second grade, I moved to New Jersey, which was very different than our Los Angeles hometown. And it was a bit, it was way cookie cutter, opulent wealth and an incredible school system. And so there was a lot of pressure in the town. And when we moved there, I realized that there were a lot of um, boundaries with gender and sexuality and that we needed to be cookie cutter as well, just like our parents. And so I started to suppress that like feminine side of me, but I really couldn't. And um, I tried playing sports, couldn't do it. And eventually when I was in uh, middle school, it was during career day and a mom came in to show like her different advertisements and magazines. Each kid in career day, that, that class got a different magazine. And I got people mag slipping through the club cover, like flipping through like the first few pages, clearly not paying attention to what the mom was saying about her job. And all of a sudden I like landed on this story of a female to male, a tr- like a trans boy, a female to male transgender teenager. And the quote he had used was, I feel trapped in the wrong body. And he said the word transgender. And I read that and I was like, oh my God, I'm transgender. Like there was finally something to explain how it felt all these years of like being a girl and wanting to be a girl, but no one's seeing that side of me. And I created like a fantasy world in my head of what life would be like as a girl. But I thought I was the only one who did that. And that's what I felt. I felt trapped at that time which now I'd like to say, we're not trapped in the wrong body. Transgender people are incredibly real and valid and have been around since the beginning of time. And it's not that I was trapped in the wrong body. Like I'm in the right body. I'm in the right time at the right place. It's just that our society needs to come to terms with us as real and valid. Um, and so I took the magazine home, told, uh, told, asked my mom, like, what do you think about this? Like, is this girl covering up for being a lesbian or is this trans thing real? And my mom had been waiting for me to say something um, cause she kind of knew I was still playing with Barbies. Like in middle school, you're not really supposed to be playing with Barbies anymore, like playing dress up, right. but I was in like my spare time because that was my outlet. It was how I could live out my fantasies. Mm-hmm. And I took the article back after, like, she told me like it was real thought about it. And a couple of days later I went down and I told her I wanted to be a girl and she said, okay. And I kind of told her about this fantasy world and we hugged and kissed. I'm like, just don't tell anybody. And the next three years, she really tried to find information about transgender kids and it was very difficult especially when i found that term in 2005 or 2006 we were using ask jeeves when you type the word <laughs> transgender right Bing. like yeah it's like encyclopedias yeah um and what's that 
And um, when you would type the word transgender into a Word document, it would be underlined in red. It was not recognized like that back then. Laverne Cox, I think, had just maybe started to be like making her imprint. And there was no one for me to like really look up to in media. And so it took her a long time to find someone who would see me. But eventually we found, we, um, it was junior year of high school. And I think my mom saw that I was kind of miserable. And she, she said to me, do you want to start wearing my clothes? And I said, okay. And I was like 15, 16. And then very slowly, I looked very androgynous, started growing my hair out, started wearing her clothes. In the wintertime, we found a therapist who would finally see a young person. And she's like, you're definitely transgender. We need to get you on hormone blockers so you don't go through. I was a very late bloomer. She's like, so we don't go through more puberty and let's like do this. And so my social transition was quite slow. I didn't just like, which is totally fine if you do, but I didn't go to school one day with like a wig and a skirt on. I like was just very gradual and let people kind of catch on. They're like, maybe Corey's gay. What's going on with Corey? And then when they learned the term trans, they were like, is that gay? I was like, no, it's like a gender. I'm like, I don't know what that is, but it makes sense for you. So whatever. And it was just kind of accepted by my classmates because they'd already known I was so feminine and already thought I was like that gay kid. And um, after seven months of transitioning, I ran for prom queen, won, and I guess became the world's first openly transgender prom queen. And yeah, and then continued my transition in high school, and then I lived stealth in college. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. It really warms my heart how much your mom was supportive of you because like I feel like that really could have like made or broken your whole your confidence, your experience, Absolutely. your like belief in yourself. So that's so Absolutely. huge. And so what I want to ask it seems like your experience in high school was actually like pretty positive. Like what was you know, you said that they were the town was very cookie cutter in terms of gender, and I think I grew up in a town quite similar. I'm getting the vibe, uh, so I get that. Okay. Um, did you how? What was your support system like in in high school? Like how how were was were you received by teachers, by your classmates, all those things? Yeah, um, like I said, it does sound very positive because it was and. Yes, I would be nowhere without my support system. 100%. I believe that unconditional love and support is the basis of all like success. Um, but and success, I don't mean that monetarily, like right. as a human being and what you want to do in life. Um, my mom was of the utmost um, love and support. My family was as well. And I think with the administration, I had a great principal, and she really had a, a soft spot for me. 
And it just made sense for her. And she really went to bat, even with like the school board and like a teacher who had once said, I, I saw Corey in the female bathroom. She was like, well, was she in the staff female bathroom? The teacher was like, no. And she's like, okay, well then you can go to the staff female bathroom or you don't have a job here. Wow. And like that's... that support, yeah, it was everything. Especially knowing what a controversy some individuals make over the bathroom. Totally. To, at that point to have, you know, that type of, you know, defense, yeah. you know, protectiveness over you is really, really, that is amazing. Yeah. And it was nice. And I think, of course, it was unheard of, but they wanted to support me. I'm sure they didn't want any cases against them. You know, they're a smart school. <laughs> um, and they did what they needed to do. And that was nice. And of course, I did have some rough times. I had people who didn't like me. I had people who were very uncomfortable around me. The boys kind of didn't want, I was starting to get pretty popular and the boys didn't really want me at the parties, but the girls were like, I knew that the boys really couldn't mess with me too much because I had the girls in my back pocket and they were going to hook up with them if the guys like were pieces of shit. <laughs> and there were guys, don't get me wrong, there were guys that I hooked up with in high school. I had two guys that I hooked up with and it was kind of like low key, but like people obviously found out and it was like rumor mill and everybody knew about it in the town. Like everybody, parents, right. teachers, administration, small town. But for, yeah, the most part I had support. I just remember one girl looked at me one day and she's like, I can see your balls through your skirt. And I was like, oh. no, bitch, I know you fucking can't. So go shave your back now. Yeah. You know, I gave, I gave it right back. Like there was no, like, I, 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 I had to create a harder shell because I knew that if people walked all over me, that'd be the end of it. And I needed people to know, like, don't fuck with me. So I became Regina George, emulated it, yeah. thought I was her and thought that's what being a woman was, to be honest with you. So there were positive and negatives, definitely to the high school experience, definitely felt some sort of bullying, but it was nowhere near. Of course, I come from so much privilege, nowhere near what some of my trans brothers and sisters go through on a daily basis. But it was nice. And I think that's the point of me is to show like, this is what happens when you're loved and you're supported and you're told go for it. And like, and I did. And now I get to help other people do that. Yeah, that's such that's such a good point. It, you know, it shows that that support really does make such a huge difference. Absolutely. So yeah, I, you were about to talk about um, your experience in college and explain kind of what it means to live stealth. So stealth means that you don't disclose that you are transgender to everybody. And I lived, I wanted to go as like a normal college girl, so to speak, and just wanted what everyone else had already had. And I didn't really get to have that in high school because everyone knew I was trans, you know, like it was, you know, whatever. So I really just wanted to disappear. And I also did not think the trans liberation movement, this wave of it would happen since until I was like in my fifties, I thought I would like get married and like maybe tell my husband, like when we were engaged and like, how would I tell my kids? Like that was my thought process back then. I was going to live stealth my whole life. I wanted to like open up a PR firm and be Samantha Jones and like be cool. And like then move to the suburbs with a rich man and like have a life and, and like figure it out. And so in college, I lived stealth and um, that was great, but I didn't realize until recently, past year and a half, I've been in pretty intensive therapy and I didn't realize how much of a number that did on me, living stealth, not being able to really be my true self. And, and part of the reason why I ended up coming out was that I was like keeping people away, my high school friends from my college friends and all this stuff. And it became too much. And then Caitlyn Jenner came out and I was a senior in college and people started to really open up to, about what it meant to be transgender 
that I saw that the stereotypes were sticking because I would be in the rooms with people who were talking about Caitlyn Jenner. And I was like, if only you knew I was trans. And so, and like, if only you'd know, like I break all of those stereotypes because you love my nice vagina. Like you love the way I look. You love like treating me nice. You hug me and swing me around when I walk into a party. Like, why don't you think nicely of Caitlyn Jenner? Oh, because you think it's a man who is hiding from his wife, like cross-dressing. Like that's just not the case. And I knew that wasn't the case because I wasn't the case. And I knew that the future generations would be more like me as well. And so I thought about how could I help? And then I ended up graduating college, still stealth and went to like my first pride. And I was so um, uh, anxious being there. I didn't want anyone to like find out that I was like trans or like be too LGBT friendly, which is messed up even though I had so many gay friends in college. And um, about a year after that, the Orlando shooting happened in Pulse nightclub in Florida. And uh, that really hit close to home. And I realized I needed to do something with, um, with uh, act, like advocating for the LGBTQI plus community. So I took what was going to be like my online modeling portfolio and the first chapter of a book I was writing. And I meshed them together and came out with a blog on a website. And I called it, Allow Me to Reintroduce Myself. And that's how I came out to everyone from those five years um, and told my story. So, so what was the, what was the reaction to that? Was it positive? Were you surprised by the reaction to it? Um, I was anxious that guys would be very upset. Previous boyfriends. I did tell my actual, like the person I consider to be like my actual real relationship. I told him right before and he was like, that doesn't change anything for me. Like, I loved you for like, or like, you know, for who you are and you're beautiful. And I'd ask like, well, if we had dated if we were currently dating and I told you I was trans, like, how would you feel about that? He's like, I can't go back and tell you, but like, you know, I accept you for you. And so when I came out, I was worried about like guys reacting poorly, but all guys were very positive. My friends were really positive and happy and it was very well received. Of course, like on the Yahoo article itself that they syndicated and then like interviewed me for, there were hate, hate comments. I was like, oh my God, I'm getting hate comments the first time. But that's the thing, like hate, never bothers me. I've been through way too much fucking shit for your stupid ass comments to bother me. Like truly, genuinely, I feel, I feel bad for you. Like that's it. That's on you. Like that's not my problem. Sorry, babe. So, um, I, the overall response was very positive. In fact, a guy I studied abroad in Amsterdam and a guy, a Dutch guy I dated was like, Oh, so you're transitioning to a boy. And I was like, no. And he's like, but what does this mean? Like, are you gay? I was like, no, babe. Like, I already transitioned. And he's like, oh, I wish you would have told me that. Like, I would have been so proud to support you. So overall, like, I got a great response. And I think a part of it is because, like, I've just been myself with people. And they've got to know me for who I am. And, like, seeing how feminine I am. And, it's like, you know, and, and, and I do break those stigmatizations around what we think about trans women. You know, I, I'm not big and tall and hiding from my wife, like Chester, like, why can't we be beautiful? Why can't we be happy? Why can't we be successful? Like, why can't we be adorable and hot, you know? So true. That is really, that is really so amazing. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. 
They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. You get fast free shipping returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. I do just want to go back to something you were saying about how you had been working through in therapy, kind of the number that the secret had done on you. And it's so funny. I can definitely relate to the feeling of like believing that I could like be 50 and reveal some secret about myself. And I think anyone who's ever carried a secret can relate to that. Um, you know, something they are really ashamed of. So can you talk about how you've sort of like worked through that a little bit? Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, if it's not too personal, obviously. Oh, no, no, no. no. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, essentially an open book. Uh, only a few pages you can't read for now, but those are for later. Um, I have been working through it, one, with meditation. I, I found out that I have anxiety and OCD brought on by trauma. And some of that trauma was, one, knowing I was a girl, having to go through with a bar mitzvah, um, issues with my father, which actually had nothing to do. My father was the utmost supportive of me being transgender and other issues with my father. Um, certain things throughout my life, you know, a big move from Los Angeles to New York when you're little, just certain things that like I got anxiety or OCD over, but some of them were trans and some of them were like, gener like I'm Jewish as well. I hold a lot of generational trauma from the Holocaust, even though my grandparents haven't been like, oh, you know, they like, I just know of it. It's happened to my people. It's why I always save my leftovers. So, you know, and so things like that, like my transness has definitely caused some trauma. And I've been dealing with that through therapy and it just, you know, you pull a thread and everything else unbounds itself. And for me, working through this stealth, it was like knowing like, that's what I had to do to survive. It's okay that I did that. It's what made me who I am. It's what made me my story. Do I wish things could have been different? Do I wish that I could have been me in college now? You fucking bet. I wish I could have been me in college now, but I couldn't. And I had to trailblaze a little bit in that way and sucks, but also very rewarding. And I've just come to terms with that and come to terms with like, you know, I still struggle with the fact that I'm transgender, not in the sense because I'm not proud, but because I forget and then have to realize when I'm doing things like work, like on a podcast or like dating a guy, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm trans. I, I just feel like me. My therapist doesn't remember that I'm trans. Like my mom, you know what I mean? So working through things like that, just like realizing, like acknowledging my presence and like that we're in this weird time between like totally accepted and not accepted at all. Uh, things like that. And with the stealthness, it was just hard because I couldn't be my true authentic self. And I carried a lot of weight on my shoulders and um, I got incredibly angry. And I will be the first to admit like that Regina George complex. Like I was very quick tempered. A long fuse, but then would snap. 
and it was not cute and not pretty. And like, I'm ashamed of some of my behavior in the past. Absolutely. I am sure of it. One day people are going to be like, Corey was such a fucking bitch here. This, that, and the other, like did something fucked up. Right. Or like, you know, kicked me or like spit at me in a bar. I'm like, but did you deserve for me to spit at you at a bar? 100 fucking percent. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, long story short, I had to come to terms with dealing with the fact that the world wasn't going to be okay. And I was very angry that the world couldn't accept me for who I was. So I had to hide. And that was that. And it's just been learning about that. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not revolutionary, but hurt people hurt people. So it's, you know, I think that is just something to, you know, always remember. You alluded to dating. And I I read an article you'd written on Stylecaster about dating apps and taking a break from them. And something you something that you wrote in the article, it was just like a very throwaway thing. It was that you just you alluded to, I guess it was men who would sort of like unmatch if they found out you were trans or of the trans experience. And there you that, go. Yeah. And something you said was maybe they just don't understand what transgender really is. So I guess I want to just give you the opportunity to kind of say what is something you wish that cisgender people, maybe maybe those who haven't had as much exposure, um, what is something that you wish they understood about transitioning or the trans experience? Like, what do you mean when you say totally. that? Yeah. Totally. I mean, last statistic done, I think 71% of the U.S. population has never knowingly interacted with a person of trans experience before. There's a lot of questions. People who do have experience with transgender people have a lot of questions. It's my job to answer those questions. And one of the first things I want to say is like, it is not every single transgender person's job to answer those questions for you. People really need to be doing research themselves and like coming correct, watching our films, reading our literature, things like that. But in the sense of like, transgender to me is another type of human species. There are cisgender people, there are non-binary, there's trans people, there's a whole thing under the trans umbrella. I'm a very binary type of trans person. There are also very non-binary types of trans people. And that's what people should understand. It's like gender is truly a spectrum. Sexuality, which is very different than gender, is truly a spectrum. And we have been confined to these categories of living. And what people need to understand is that transgender is just another type of way of being. It's another type of way of living. And it's not up to you to decide what we do with ourselves as long as we're happy with it. It really shouldn't bother you. We're not going to come into the bathroom that you're peeing in and try to suck your dick, okay? (laughs) Actually, in fact, if you try putting us in the male bathroom, I might want to come and suck your dick. So how about that? Why don't you let me go pee with the girls, okay? Let me have my goss. Let me have my chat. So... Uh, and and me being someone who never ha- really, besides high school, had have a problem with that. Like, I understand why it's so healthy to go through those things. And that's what people need to understand. Trans is just another way of living your life. And it has truly been around since the beginning of time. Evidence of male bones, so to speak, DNA in a female burial style. The Aztecs, the Incas, the Mayans, ancient Chinese cultures all of these cultures from around the world that were the first of civilizations had evidence of non-gender or gender spectrum, as well as a sexuality spectrum, which they got into bestiality and stuff. That's another story. But that's why they're so worried about it now. (laughs) Exactly. So it's just very interesting that we've only in recent history ostracized this community. And I want people to see us as, as, as 
as just a being and in the dating aspect of it, there is, I have found more guys that are worried about what other people think than what they feel. What is my dad? My dad, I had a guy that we would have really been a great couple that my dad will never accept you. My friends will never get it. Things like that. And it's sad. And I will notice like guys are really sad when they uh, uh, find out, so to speak, that I'm trans. They have this image that I'm like, great. And then they're like, oh, I don't like that about her. Like, and I'm like, you know, like something like my personality or don't like something about my personality or something I do or like whatever, but like to judge me based off of something of my past, you know, like if I've got the working parts that you desire, that should be the end of the story. If you're attracted to me, if we have a connection and chemistry, go off of that. Don't go off of anything else. And there's just so much toxic masculinity and so much pressure for men to fit these molds and we have to give it we do need to hold space for that that there is that talk that that pressure and so i find that's my biggest run-in with dating is 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 the outside world not what's going on between us yeah i mean i think that i mean well hopefully like you said things are moving faster than you or we could have really expected it to totally Corey, you have such an interesting story. Can you tell everyone what is next for you? I read in the LA Times that you're working on a fashion label. I know you were also working on a movie about your experience being chosen as prom queen. So tell everyone kind of like what what what's up for you next? Sure. Fashion labels been put on hold. It's something that I've always wanted to do. Being a designer was my first, like when you were asked as a little kid, what do you want to be? Mine was designer. I wanted to come out with a, a non-label label, um, but people are doing it now. And I feel like that space is covered and I can help in other ways. And it's really focused. I will ha- trust we'll have the whole beauty fashion empire one day. But for now, my focus is on Hollywood and creating stories that I didn't have. And that is perfect segue to really Queen. Queen is the fe- feature film version of my prom queen victory. It is my high school experience the transition and running for prom queen, being voted prom queen. And that's what I didn't have. Like I idolized Sharon Clueless and she's all that. And Regina George and, you know, Legally Blonde and all these, you know, I thought that being a woman meant you had to be skinny, blonde, rich, cool, you know, and like drop dead gorgeous, a little dumb, but also kind of smart. And (laughs) yeah. Um, you know, and in those underdog stories, there was never a trans narrative. I didn't have a model on a billboard. I didn't have a trans storyline. That's why it took me until I was 12 or 13 years old in a career day to learn about who I was. And I don't want that for children anymore. And I know with social media, they have more access, but I want them to see a film that is so positive and supportive and uplifting about the transgender experience because we don't have it. Fact. There is not one movie in Hollywood that I can think of that is the, the lead is a trans person will be played by a trans person and has a positive outcome. Never really been done in Hollywood. And so I want that from little Corey. And I want that from the generations that came before me. And I want it for the generations to come. And so queen will be that story of like the underdog girl of trans experience who gets the crown and maybe the guy. I love that. And that's what I want to focus on. I want to focus on making really good, positive stories, trans narrative or no trans narrative in Hollywood. 
that's really amazing and it is so important so i i hope to watch that happen and you know hopefully have you back in the future i would absolutely love that tell can you tell everyone where they can follow you um support you anything like that Absolutely happy to. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at I'm Corey Ray, TikTok and Clubhouse at Corey Ray. And um, yeah, please feel free to reach out to me on any platforms. Happy to work with you, happy to help you with your journey, helping you understand. You know, it's, like I said earlier, it's my job to help you understand our experiences. So please come to me with anything like that. And you can also check out CoreyRay.com, which will actually be relaunching for my five-year CoreyRay.com anniversary. So at the end of June, look out for a new CoreyRay.com. Congratulations. Thank you so thank much, you. Corey. And happy oh, thank pride. You. Happy yeah. pride. Thank you so much for having me. Afternoon Tea is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales-Pico. Our editor is Stacey Wong. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.